Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. And now, Hangar 56 Media presents Spike's Car Radio, a downloadable cars and coffee, hosted by writer, comedian, and automotive enthusiast, Spike Ferriston. Now, here's Spike. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This fought. is it. That's Jethro Bovingdon. He believed. That's he uh, believed Zuckerman. <laughs> Can you believe it? And welcome to Spike's Car Radio. That is our cold open, our quiet open. How are you guys? Jethro Bovingdon is with us from Top Gear America. Zuckerman's here. He's wearing some sort of Wiley Coyote bandana. And we're discussing, let's start with Land Rover. Um, How they fucked you? Uh, you know, the, 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 the guy who uh, I was talking to, I feel bad because apparently some of our listeners threatened him. <laughs> yeah, but we can't. Don't be a liar. <laughs> we can't. want to get threatened. Don't he, lie. he was trying to help. He was? Ben was trying to help. He's, by the way, I think he's the West Coast director of something. He, he told me his title. So there's still no resolution to your There's issue. still none. No, I'm trying to help you, says the car salesman. <laughs> Listen, I'm trying to help you. I'm going to go back in the manager's office. Ben and they play is, a round of cards. Ben is not the issue. Ben <laughs> is the guy who reached out here. Let me, let me part find of the out. System, let me Ferris, see what he then. said. Uh, uh, let's see. Uh, 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 oh. By the way. But he'll send, sell you on decoding for three thousand dollars. By the way, Dean Maroney <laughs> already beat the guy's price, so he beat Land Rover's price by a thousand bucks for the stuff that I want. So and already, he's not even with Land Rover. And he's not even with Land Rover, and he's like, I think I'm going to get it cheaper. <laughs> so it still shows you this Land Rover deal is horrifying. So what is the kit? Is it the is it the ladders and the all the, yeah, all, all the, the stuff? Okay, the here stuff. we go. Okay, so he so Ben, look, listen. If you're listening now, don't, please don't threaten people that we talk about on the show, listeners. This happened with Fireball Tim. You can you can express a criticism, but I I don't, I don't want to hear any threats on my behalf. What kind That's of a not face nice. Am I making right now? <laughs> Zuckerman. <laughs> I'm not like I have we not learned my- anything about insurrection? <laughs> There's just basic rules that the FCC has about you can't activate people because there's a segment of this population that will go. All right, open up the gun safe and go to work. We don't want that to happen. Ben was trying to help. By the way, he is the uh, let me let me tell you what he was. I had it right here. His title. No, I've lost it. Oh, yeah. Regional manager. Oh, (laughs) he's the regional manager for Land Rover West Coast. Now, he is still actively trying to help, but he's here's what's going. This is this is a uh, uh, Land Rover, not even North America. This Land Rover. They're the ones being the problem and Land Rover North America being the problem. These are our friends here in the West Coast that are sympathetic, that are trying to help, but their hands are tied by corporate and the fucking dealer network with that relationship is always screwed but no nothing has been resolved except this what is going to be a continuing storm of bad pr for land rover over you know i'll tell you what else uh uh, lots of dms from people who are in similar situations i ordered the explorer pack 
and I got a truck with nothing on it. There it is, Jethro. Do you see it? Have you invited me on as a Brit? Because you think, you know, <laughs> just like we all know the Queen, we all yeah. know the JLR well, this president is, yes. who can help you out. <laughs> this is heartbreaking for me because I love Land Rover and I have a Series 2A and I love this truck. So but the if they don't resolve this, I'm getting rid of it. I'm going to dump what it. What is the Explorer pack? It's all those things on the side. Snorkels, ladders. It's, a, it's an air intake on the side. It's a, it's a whole package. But most importantly, it's a roof rack that I can throw my gear on and put the tent on. Okay. The goal is roof rack, canoe, tent, either or camping. So it's like camping. a landing thing. Yeah, yeah. And it, it's really why I bought the truck. Mm. And say they, I ordered it that way, and they just delivered it without it. Now, my part in this is I accepted it from the dealer, and their promise in words, not in writing, that mm. this would be resolved. Oh, you probably signed that little piece of white paper that says nothing due. I don't really sign it. I, I, don't, I don't know. It just came, but I know, I knew there was a good chance that I would be in this situation, but I thought being who I am and my relationship with Land Rover, they would fix it. They would go, you know what? Get the guy his stupid rack and ladder because it's not worth the bad PR storm that's coming and, if they don't. And Jethro. even worse, they've brought out a 520 horsepower V8 one. That you yes, yes. No, that, that was a secret <laughs> until after they sold the first one. <laughs> <laughs> we laughed. That's, that's the kick in the teeth. I don't feel bad about that because I, you know, I don't like high horsepower SUVs. I like them to be just fast enough. 400 horsepower is perfect for me. I, if, if I want a fast car, I get a fast car. Yeah, do, you, I, do you like that stuff? Not, uh, I'm not massively into the fast SUVs. I, some of them are super impressive. But that might be the first Defender. When I saw the short wheelbase V8, I was like, maybe I could get behind mm. this. This thing that was looks pretty, cool, pretty looking. cool. Yeah, yeah. I think you yeah. could do some cool stuff with it. But yeah, I'm not normally into them. I'm not normally super into JLR. <laughs> I don't know. I've just never got the old Defender thing. I, it's just not my bag at all. Yeah, well, might not be my bag either. I might be turning that bag What'd in. What do you do with the? I mean, the old ones are terrible to drive, aren't they? You've it's like an old tractor. tractor. Yeah, they, yeah. They are the worst yeah. things. That's what I love about it. Is it how pulled, bad it is. It I, pulled, I really, it's more standing still. It's beautiful, to, but it's beautiful to look at, first and foremost. Secondly, like, to just drive that thing slowly is really a treat. It's like a Mercedes diesel. It's, a, it's just driving out of sequence, not being able to keep up with anybody, having a rough ride that demands your attention. And it's, it's so trucky and raw. It's, it, yeah, I'm surprised. I love I, them. I've come around a little bit to the new one. I, when I first right, saw it, right. I did not like the look. I think yeah, it's yeah. pretty cool now. But yeah. I don't get why they didn't do the G-Wagon style reinvention, you know, where it looked like the old one, but just a new one. But right. I don't get why they didn't do that. It, it doesn't feel like a Defender to me somehow. Mm. Yeah. Because the G-Wagon is the same thing, right? Correct. And, and the Bronco they're bringing out is effectively looks like the old one. So I, it just seems like there's a tried and tested thing and they can't build enough G-Wagons, you know. But don't, you think, but don't you think they had to evolve it? I mean, they never stopped making the Defender, so it, it, it had looked like it had looked since, what, nineteen the early 1960s? Yeah, maybe, I mean, maybe. I don't have the emotional attachment to it, but so many people do. I was just right. like, why not update it like the G-Wagon where you almost can't tell until they're next to each other? Right. Obviously, it would have to because it's an even older design, but I just figured they would bring out something that looked similar. Yeah. But I, I mean... People say great things about it. Do you know what? I've not been it's anywhere terrific. near it. I've not even driven it. So. It's great. You can I drive no mine. Opinion. I'll give you... You can drive it. You can take it out for a spin. I've had it off-road and on-road. It's, it's amazing. It's un Again, this is... It's heartbreaking that someone... <laughs> 
from Land Rover doesn't just go send the guy his rack and ladder and and sticker for his front hood. I don't even need the air intake, the raised air intake. So he stops bad mouthing us. <laughs> I don't think because it's not going to stop. <laughs> ben is just there as a blocking. He's like a dummy blocker, like uh-huh. in football practice. And right. He's going to tell you, oh, I'm trying for you. I'm trying. It's not me. It's them. But like I said last week, they <laughs> have no problem taking your money and passing it along. They know exactly how the money part You know works. what they did? They added some options that I didn't want to get the price up to where it was with the Explorer Pack. What was this? Can I ask? I, I would have to look in the back, but it's, it's high 70s or low 80s. It's Out somewhere in there. Right? A lot of money to get screwed. But, it, but what's funny is it's the exact <laughs> – here's what I was told. We gave you some new options that you oh. didn't ask for oh. to make up for the Explorer pack. In other words, oh. we're going to keep the price the same oh. with a bunch of shit you didn't want. Favors like that are no favors I'm like, at what? All. You know, and I wasn't paying attention, but whatever. I don't know. That's, that's that. Let's do an ad, shall we? Uh, COVID spring break is right around the corner. You know what that means, spring break in your pants. That's right. You heard me. Manscaped, our buddies, is here to ensure that the party in your pants never stops. Zuckerman, you like that. Even Veronica Corningstone wouldn't say no to this pants party. Do you know who that is? No. I think that's a uh, Anchorman reference. Uh, For everyone preparing for a pants party this spring break, I'm going to give you an exclusive 20% off. Use Spike911 at Manscaped.com. I would go there and get the Perfect Package 3.0 kit, which comes with the Essential Lawnmower 3.0 Waterproof Cordless Body Trimmer and a ton of other liquid formulations to round out your grooming routine. Jethro, do you trim your pubic hair? Uh, daily. <laughs> All right. Uh, then you should get some of their crop cleanser, too. Uh, we love you, Manscaped. Uh, go to manscaped.com. Get 20% off free shipping with the code SPIKE911 at manscaped.com. 20% off free shipping. Spike nine eleven manscaped.com. I used their stuff this morning. I know you know Zuckman, I have a Sunday routine, but uh, I had that interesting old man moment when I was looking in the mirror this morning and found a giant coil coming out of my ear mm. that I had not missed as yeah. long as my wife's blonde hair. <laughs> right. I know. I got That's a deeply too. troubling one. I got them too. You got them too. Let's talk uh, Top Gear America, because we have one of the hosts here, Jeff the Star. Am I saying it right? Bovington. 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 Yeah. Um, I'm not too fussy about it. Firstly, congratulations, man, on being asked to the dance and doing this show. Yeah, thank you. You've got uh, two wonderful co-hosts. Yes. Uh, Mr. Cordry has been on several times. I've yeah. known him for a while. I've um, yet to have Dax on, but I'm a big fan. How is it going? Tell us Tell us what you can. How tell many episodes have aired? It's on the Motor Trend app, as I understand it. And, uh, and what's going on with the show? Take us through all of it. Um, yeah, so we have aired, I believe, I should know all this information off the top of my head, shouldn't I? We've aired four or five episodes, I think five. Um, there is 11 in the first season, and we are just about shooting season two now. Um, it's on the Motor Trend app. Don't know if it's going to go further than that. At some point, maybe it will. Um, so far, considering it's called Top Gear, and it immediately has people reaching for their, you know, sirens and, oh, my God, what are you doing with this name? It's never been the same (laughs) since the three guys are on it and blah, blah, blah. It's done really, really well. People like it. And I think 
It's interesting for Motor Trend because the Motor Trend app is very much built around Roadkill and the V8 world, right. you know. It right. does a lot of build shows and stuff. And they want to broaden that out. And Top Gear was, I guess, was their big play. So they got the Top Gear name. They've got the whole back catalogue of the UK version of Top Gear. And then they went for this Top Gear America thing. Um, and yeah, like I say, I think we've done it our own way, which has helped. And having Dax and Rob is, is huge, obviously. Um, and we didn't try and recreate the antagonism and the general vibe that we got with the old one so we just went went with it our own way we all got on really well um and it's just a lot of fun it's just arsing around in cars that's what it is so i love performance cars and that's my background i guess but at the end of the day if you're just arsing around in cars and someone's paying you for it and you're with two pretty funny guys it's a good day at work what is now when you say it's working what does that mean for motor trend i would imagine that they're trying to drive subscriptions, right? They want people to come to the app and subscribe and watch all their content. And this is a, you know, a major little draw for them. But how do they measure that? What, are they, what When they say it's a success, what does yeah, that mean? I mean, I don't get hugely involved because it's not my uh, area of interest other than I want it to do well because I want it to carry on. Um, but yeah, driving subscriptions, broadening the audience, um, Dax, as you know, is that giant podcast which has a huge female audience, which is a which is a key driver for Motor Trend as well. So they're expanding the audience that way. Um, and I think making a show that people don't say is complete shite has been a huge <laughs> has been a huge appeal for them as well. Right, like right. I say, it's a it's you know it's a tough gig and it's intimidating. As soon as you put Top Gear on anything, you open yourself up to a world of criticism and pain right so right to do something that so far appears to have hit the right spot for a lot of people is pretty satisfying like we're happy about it we, were, we were scared and we're happy now yeah well i mean it started off in the right place you know and so is the plan then to now take it to some of the other related platforms that are more linear like discoveries and and i don't know the full play on it um selfishly i would sort of love it to go on to discovery plus or something like that but i don't know that the current plan is just motor trend app like i say season two so they've done i think they're doing this they're doing six episodes and doing a season break and then they're doing the second half um but we should be finished the second season filming by middle of may i think so that will roll out not too wow. far after so yeah it's and it's cool that they went for season two before you know with all this covid craziness they hadn't really seen whether the thing had worked out or not, or whether right, they right. got something good. But the vibe from um, BBC in the UK and from Discovery here and from Motor Trend here was that they had something pretty good. So they just went for it. So that's that's been great. And the whole thing was shot during the pandemic, right? Even it season was, one. It was. Season one was shot. So we started off, we did, I think we'd done a couple of episodes and we were like the last show in Hollywood still filming. Um, and then they called us off. We are in Texas and they just... They got a decree from above that they that we had to stop. So I went home to the UK, which was which was fine. You know, everyone was on lockdown, so it didn't matter. But then it got to the point where they wanted to start filming again, and I was stuck in the UK, and no one's right. allowed into America from right, Europe right. or the UK. So I'm sat at home thinking, what the fuck am I going to do here? Because there's a good chance I could I could lose the gig, you know, because you know simple logistics they're gonna to have to um they need to get going on it and i'm not there so i did days and weeks of like googling where can i go i was looking at like 
you can go to South Korea and then you have to spend two weeks in a <laughs> in a government facility. Seriously, I looked up <laughs> every nation to get into the US. Were they um, trying to help you with that? Or they, they were, were just saying, you're, you're on your, your own. own. No, 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 they, like you and Land Rover. <laughs> yeah, they were helping, but you know what it's like? It was it was my ass, so I, I probably wanted it worse than anyone else. You know, right, right. Keep that right else. up to your mouth there, that mic. So, um, yeah, so South so, Korea... I looked at South Korea. I looked at Mexico. <laughs> Mexico was the route that I could have come in. Uh-huh. Um, but their BBC are obviously super careful about security and everything. Yeah, like, yeah. We, we just don't think it's the right time to go. And plus, despite the fact you could go there, COVID was on the up. Right. Um, so I ended up two weeks in Jamaica. Oh, that ain't bad. <laughs> so that was my quarantine. So, they, so BBC flies you to Jamaica. They flew me. And and was it two weeks of quarantine in Jamaica? It was. um, So you're in a hotel room? Beach. Or did they let you out? I will tell you. So it was was the last throw of the dice, basically. I thought, this is it, it's over. And then one Saturday morning, I got up early. I was like, I just need, need need to find a solution. I had a vague recollection like three months earlier or a month earlier that I'd been looking around that the Caribbean was going to open up. Yep. And literally the day before Jamaica had opened itself to tourism. So I rang and I was like, Jamaica's the route. I have to go to Jamaica. They ummed and ahed a bit and they were like, okay, it looks like the way in. And it was brilliant. I got there, got off the plane. Um, they had COVID tests for everyone who landed, doctors yep. and nurses there. You had to download an app, same where you'd been. Right. You had to upload videos twice a day with special codes to say where you were. But basically, I could stay in the hotel. Did they have a smokable test for COVID? <laughs> smoke this man no you're fine um but yeah so it was two it was two week quarantine but i'm not going to pretend it was like sitting in my room miserable we had i almost had a hotel to myself and it had a pool and it had a private beach, so you so were allowed to go out of the hotel to the pool and back i or? could go, the, it, i could basically be around the hotel um could, right so and i was tested i think i was tested once when i was out in jamaica and then again when i landed but so basically, I was allowed in, and it was it was easy. It was great. and that was it. Yeah. Wow, that's a pretty so that nice was a pretty way good in. Start, yeah, to, yeah, to Top Gear America, and then I came back, and yeah, we were just we were just working in this weird world of everyone in masks, and and do you know the weirdest thing? It was great, you know, the hosts we could we could chat and spend time with each other, but it's so hard to get to know the crew. And I'm and right. It sounds like a little thing, but it's a real big thing. It is like getting to know them getting them to trust what you can do in a car, where you want them to be on a track or whatever. And they're just all in masks. Mm -hmm. And and even when, and they're a long way away from you. And it felt really weird. So we're still in that situation now with season two, but the getting to know you phase was harder. Um, But the job itself was really good. Let me ask you this, because I think I know. I would guess in order of driving abilities that you would be number one. Dax would be two, and Cordry would be three. Dax is a really good driver. Yeah. So Dax has an awful lot of uh, two things. One is bravery. <laughs> he, has, <laughs> he has a lot of bravery, zero imagination, <laughs> and an awful lot of confidence that he's going to put it he on the He breaks bones a lot, too, doesn't yeah, he? He, he? He crashes. Does, he does a lot of it. He doesn't crash much, but he's, he just had that big motorbike crash. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, but he's brave, like he's yeah, super yeah. brave, and he's a really quick driver. I would say, um, I would always back myself to have the best car control. Uh, but Dax is quick. I bet if we did a lap time comparison, it's not that different. And the great thing is, I think we're probably close enough 
that when we do lap time comparisons between two cars, even if the gap might not be 100% represent, re- representative, the order would be right. So if we right, did a right. GT3 RS and a Shelby GT350 R or whatever, something like that, say the Porsche was quicker and you know it would be the right order, even if the gap might be slightly different if we'd have done them ourselves you know when you show up <clears throat> to shoot an episode is it already scripted out have you seen it before are you just laying eyes on it for the first time and going hey cool idea we're gonna make this our own and do it ourselves like um, how does how does an episode work yeah when so you show was, up on a monday that let's was say. i think that was a big learning curve because i think the production company probably thought they were gonna just hand us episodes and we're all gonna go okay that sounds cool and we'll say right. these words but right Firstly, why pay Dax and Rob, two of the best improv guys you're ever going to meet, right. to regurgitate words that aren't going to be as good as the ones they can come up with? Um, and secondly, I know a lot about cars, and I've done a lot of car videos, and I get it, and I know top, I'm sort of schooled in the whole Top Gear world. Um, Dax is full of ideas, Rob's full of ideas, so that hasn't really happened. So they will send us a list of, say, 15 episode concepts, um, and then we'll go through the ones we like, and then we'll refine them, we'll have phone calls, we'll talk about what we want to do, and then generally when we turn up, we know what's happening, but 90% of the time we change stuff on the fly, whatever feels right at the time, um, which is, I guess, a frustration, probably, for the production team sometimes, but also they love it because they know if we're bought into it and we're having a good time, it generally translates. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so we, know, we know what's going on, we try and shape it as best we can, there are elements, you know, it's a criticism that you get of these sort of shows is they're super scripted. Right, right. There are always going to be, a, you have to plan stuff, you know. You yeah, have to have you've people, got to produce cars. it. <laughs> yeah, you've got to produce it. Like, you have to know certain things. Right. Um, but we certainly do not say lines written on a script. And even if they give us a script, it's more of a, we want this point made. Well, that's, you know, but for that's the great. That's the way it should be. I mean, yeah. now it becomes more authentic and you guys get to have fun and that should come across on the screen. Yeah. Right? And I mean, you know, Rob, he's such a funny dude. Yeah, he's hilarious. He, he's absolutely hilarious. He has me in stitches every time. And, and Dax is funny and they can riff for hours. Like, <laughs> In fact, I think my entire job is to stop those two just doing improv shows for two hours at a time the whole, because the whole that's series, all they do. Is the whole series shot in Texas? No, no. We were just doing an episode in Texas. I see. So we ended up doing a lot of season one in LA area just because of COVID. Mm-hmm. Um season two there's going to be more so we've done um we're doing montana i think we're going up to seattle we just did utah so that we're going to travel around more but we're still restricted just because of all this crap we're living through basically yeah yeah but we're almost done with it interesting how did you get into driving in the first place what's this what's your taproot moment what drags you into this world mine mine was Pure luck, like all these things. So I went to university, did my degree, um, and all I did was write to Evo magazine, which is a UK mag. Yeah, I love that. Um, and I wrote to them and basically asked for work experience. And they, uh, now I know, or soon after I knew, they're useless. Like, their organization, they're a disaster. They're brilliant creative team, but a disaster at the time in terms of organization. So I didn't hear anything. And I thought when I finished my degree, I was like, I'll give it one more bash. So I, I called them and was like, listen, I, I need a job now. I need money. I don't need very much, but I just want some money. I'll come and wash cars, do whatever I have to do. 
and they just happened to need someone. Um, I wrote them a little piece, like a 300 word story. They liked it. I went in and met them. They liked me and it took forever. Like, I think I met them in September and I got a job in March. So it took a while. Um, but it was the best because it was when Evo was properly independent. You know, now it's part of a bigger organization. But back then it was basically a family sort of vibe. You know, Harry was the boss. Everyone on the staff actually had a piece of the magazine, um, except the junior people like me. So everyone was bought into it. And they didn't want me to come in and just start working because they were like, well, what do you know? You don't know anything about mm-hmm. anything. And, mm-hmm. and they treated the mag like their baby. Um, but that meant for me that I got a genuine apprenticeship in terms of writing. I worked with the, the sub-editor who was brilliant, a guy called Peter Tomlin, who's like the best writer. And you can give him 4,000 words of crap and he'll give you 2,000 words back of absolute perfection. Mm. And you won't see where he took the words out. It's crazy what he can do. So he was brilliant from a writing point of view. And then John Barker and Richard Meaden, who were the co-editors at the time, both fantastic drivers. What what does it mean to have a, a piece of a magazine? What does that mean? Like if you own a piece, is that, can you make money on that? They made money. Back in the, I mean, that was... So you're just, so to own a piece of the mag, you're owning some of the advertising? Yeah, so Harry started Evo, but everyone on the team, so the designer, publisher, the guy who does all the commercial stuff, and then two or three of the editorial people, they all had a, a small slice in the mag, and then they ended up selling it to, they made pretty decent money, I think, and then they sold it to Dennis Publishing, which was a big publisher at the time in the UK. And they made they made a chunk of cash. I mean, Harry made the most, obviously. Harry, yeah, yeah. Harry's one of those guys who makes money cleaning his teeth. You know, he's just got that <laughs> ability to to find a way. Um, but it was it, it was mega. And I look back and I think I'm not sure anyone will get that again because it was like a magazine where magazines were really really good and made money. Right. And we had budgets to do cool stuff. We had a boss who didn't care about blowing the budget when it was time to drive three Ferraris across Europe or whatever. And they taught me how to write and they sent me on driving courses and I got to race a little bit. And so it was just this giant uh, learning curve. It was, it What's was the most the important thing you need to know if you want to be a writer, car writer? Give us some tips if you want to, be to a car junior writer. car writers. Okay, f- probably the best thing, start off as rich as possible. Because <laughs> so you you're not going to make anybody whatsoever. Right. So but I mean, as far as writing, like, you know, I could give advice on how to write uh, a sitcom or joke yeah. or maybe even a structure of film or something like that. But as far as someone who wants, because it's a common dream, like our friend Jerry Seinfeld, that was what he wanted to do when he grew up. He wanted to write for Car and Driver. Really? I think it was. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. that's all he wanted he to do. He took a much better path. Yeah. <laughs> but he still says, you know, if I weren't in a, into comedy, that's what I would have done. I would have been an automotive writer. What? Uh, give us some give some tips because people are listening, some younger uh, people who might want to do it. Like, uh, you know. Forget about how, forget There's about how to accomplish it. How do you write it? Like, give us some writing write? tips. Um, I guess the first thing is actually care. You know, give a crap is the is the biggest thing. That's the number one. I think the second thing is don't believe everything you read from everyone else. I think there's a massive sheep herd mentality with motoring writing where people are terrified to have their own opinion or speak out against norms, and it's and that's why. 
if I think of someone like BMW, who have gone through really good periods and really bad periods. But if you read the press, they've almost never been bad up to now. People have started changing their, changing their mind now. But it's because they built up such a head of steam that yeah, everyone was yeah. like, oh, I can't say that this BMW is not good because they've been good for the past 20 years, so they must still be good. Run so, flat tires. Run flat tires. Looks. <laughs> yeah. Steering. Oops. Exactly. All that stuff. Yeah. All that stuff. Right. No, you're right. So yes. you want to write your point of view yeah. and don't be afraid to write your don't point be afraid, of view. But also, I, everyone's different. So because I love driving cars quickly and mm-hmm. on the limit and everything, I want to read people who can do that. So so learn learn how to drive is really important. And it doesn't necessarily mean become a racing driver, but learn to just operate a car i've been on a million launches and sometimes you have to share with another journalist and uh i've been shocked over the years at how bad a number of journalists are (laughs) i mean not and i'm not talking about driving fast sliding the car all that stuff it's just like operate a car smoothly if you can operate the car smoothly you can understand what it's trying to tell you if you are beasting the thing around and punching it in the face you're not learning anything yeah. except how good the stability control is at saving your ass basically right right so um yeah get some finesse in there and then just enjoy it i love the writing process actually you do yeah I, I mean this I is hate a common torture. thing with these guys yeah but otherwise for people like me i have to write for a living i hate, I hate it. it i hate really? it oh yeah yeah, oh, yeah it's brutal for me it's I mean, horrible i hate the first um few hours when i'm sat there right uh, writing the introduction 50 times and getting it wrong but when you're in the flow i absolutely love it yeah when they get to that point if you're lucky enough and because i do less of it now i'm not on the conveyor belt because i do a lot more tv you know video work when i sit down i still do stuff for evo in the uk and if they sit if they say do a three thousand word story i recently did one on a Aventador, SVJ, and a Nismo uh, GTR, because they're like mm. last of the line. That was just brilliant. I sat down, took me a while to get going, but once I was going, I was like, this is fun. I actually really, really So a car like, the, like both those cars, you don't necessarily just request that you've driven them both, I'm guessing, but you don't have them with you at that time, so you're sort of relying on your memory of what they were like to drive. No, we, we got or, them. Yeah, we got them. You got them, yeah, you we drove got, them, we and then them, you could have it. Them. Yeah, so yeah. we did a, a shoot in London, which was fun, like a night shoot, which are always a pain in the ass, but pretty good fun. Um, but then I, I drove it, and it was like... Pfft, this would have been December in the UK. So you right. can imagine driving a, a Ventador SVJ and a Nismo GTR in the rain and oh, the snow fun. and God knows what else. But it was it was great and I enjoyed that. And What did you think of the SVJ? I didn't read your piece. Let's what talk about that. I think it's a... It's a dinosaur. Um, it's a dinosaur. Which dinosaur? It's, Brontosaurus? It's, Tyrannosaurus Rex? It's, it's important. But I... I have a lot of time for the event door. There's so much that's wrong with it. Um, <laughs> it's just, and I hate the Lamborghini owner reputation, mm-hmm. you know. And yeah, I know that. And that's, I guess that's one other thing I'd say about when you write stories. You have to try and put that stuff out of your head. Yeah, you, you do. You have to exactly. just judge the car of what it is. Don't care if it fits your image or whatever. Just, just try right. and judge the car. And I just think they're sort of joyous, you know. They they they're over the top. They're stupid. The gearbox is annoying, um, but there's some magic in that. Visibility, magic, problems, and the imperfections. Yeah, and that <clears throat> engine is mega. Yeah, it's I, fun. It's and a I, fun and car. And I love. I know you guys like you Porsche guys mostly, yes. aren't you? Yeah. Um, 
I have I a love, soft spot for Lamborghini. Yeah, I, 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 like I just love different flavors of cars. So I hate generic cars, but I love stuff that feels of its own thing. Character. You know? yeah, yeah, it character. has its individual character. And I, like, I love Japanese cars because they're just crazy. They've got their own thing going on. So I think if you've... I just think you need to appreciate... I hear a lot of racing drivers when they drive road cars, all they're ever trying to do is turn it into the same car. They want right. it to do one thing that allows them to go quick. But you should just embrace this total... There's just so many cars out there, and you should embrace how different they all feel, which I think is really important. Let's take a moment to talk about sleep. Who doesn't love sleep? Zuckerman, do you like to sleep? You look like you didn't sleep. You never do. <clears throat> <laughs> I'm a warm sleeper. I often wake up hot and sweaty. That's because I'm diseased and dying <laughs> and decaying Tertiary on a nightly basis. But guess what's slowing down that process? My new favorite bedding brand, My Sheets Rock. Their sheets keep diapers. you so cool. What's that? Diapers. Sex diapers made yes. from these sheets. Uh, you'll sleep better than ever. My Sheet Rocks created the regulator sheets, which are designed specifically to keep hot sleepers cool and cold sleepers comfortable. They regulate temperature, wick moisture, stay breathable, and are so soft you sleep uh, comfortably every night. I've got these, Zuckerman. I've got these sheets. I, as you know, I get all the stuff, and I road test it before I agree to uh, putting it in the show. These these sheets are so soft, wicking your sweat away. I wick myself between them. This is all so awful. I, I'm telling you, last night as I was reading Don Wislow's uh, The Cartel. Good book. Uh, the Border is the follow-up, right? Yep. Uh, I was reading The Border, and I'm like 400 pages into that. I took a moment just to appreciate my sheets rock because they were that soft. I don't think I had been happier all weekend than sitting in the bed reading that book and sitting with these sheets. Uh, what are you thinking about out. right now? You're you're ready for the captain hat, the final the final period in your life. <laughs> Listen, they are as soft soft as a dolphin's body. That's they, they really are. Do you remember when I used to get drunk and uh, strangle dolphins in the surf in Malibu? You remember that? I remember you. No, <laughs> I don't. It remember. was just it was just one thing that just, that happened. I you know I don't know why, but if I drank too much, I'd get some cheese and crackers and go down to the uh, to the water and lure some dolphins in and then strangle them. I, I got off on it. Uh, anyways, these sheets are as soft as a dolphin, okay. and if you don't believe me, the five star customer reviews speak for themselves. Um, plus, you have a 90-day risk-free trial and free shipping and returns. Check out My Sheets Rock, MySheetRocks.com, MySheetRock.com. Go to forward slash spike and enter the code for 10% off and free shipping. I really like them. I, this, is a good, this is a good sponsor show for me. Manscaped and My Sheets Rock. You see My like Sunday Blue Night? I like Blue Chew. I want Blue Chew back. Blue Chew is never coming back. <laughs> Blue Chew is an erectile dysfunction drug. Oh, my God. Dick gum. I think they have blue chew bubble gum. gum. <laughs> they yes. said we could say anything, and I said I wanted to put the pills inside my penis, just like penile suppositories, <laughs> and then and let the teeth down there chew them up, and they never came back. Are you they surprised said, by that? <laughs> That's a scary, scary image. <laughs> they felt it's the same way. The whole image of this person. <laughs> by the way, Ask Zuckerman will be coming back. You've all been asking. We did enjoy that segment. I, so, uh, someone sent me a few letters. They weren't as good as the ones you found, Zuckerman. So find more Ask Zuckerman letters and for us I, to I answer. I want some commentary. I told Spike that we should get messages that guys direct message on Instagram to hot girls and read these foul, horrible messages on our podcast. 
That's not what we're about. Come on, Ferguson. <laughs> I'm not doing that. We can ask the audience to please respond to this gentleman. We can give Oh, geez, name. I wonder what they'll say <laughs> to get me annoyed. It's not happening. Respond all you want. I decide what comes on the show, what doesn't. Uh, Dear Zuckerman, it's a good piece because it's your point of view on these letters that are – I have no idea why people would ask the New York Times this stuff. Didn't you mention another one to me that it was just like – why would you ever write the New York Times that letter? Yes, about whether there was one, and it's in the style section, Sunday paper, social cues. Right. And there's another one in the magazine, and somebody said, what is more disgusting, burps or farts? Okay. The Did girl you- wrote in and said, my boyfriend <laughs> says my burping is more disgusting than my farts. He says the farts are filtered by... This is uh, the New York Times. Yes, by his underwear, pants, or the sheets, to which I said to you, then I would tell him to try to take a shit in his pants and French <laughs> press it through his oh, trousers God. and see how that works out for him. Oh, Farting is, is purely, is, is obviously more disgusting. You're so happy than yeah. in this cesspool. Well, <laughs> if, if you see these, it, they can be anywhere. Any Dear Abby, any Dear Whoever letters, send them to us. That I will take, and I will ask Zuckerman next time we do that bit. What else did we do in that show? We did the old real insurance stories with Policy Genius. Yeah, the Monster That was Roller also truck. good. We'll that do that again. Policy Genius loved it. I only have it. so many of those. They flipped out. They want us to do that bit. Send money. Jethro, do you, uh, do you collect cars? What do you currently yeah. own? What do you currently Tell drive? I, guess, I understand it. You have a 996. I do. I, do. I wouldn't say I collect cars. I, tr- I have a 72 Citroen DS. Yes. Nice. Um, Super comfy car, like a Barca Lounge, your front seat, that yeah, car. So and you weird. drove that a million miles, didn't you, when I didn't you picked drive it, it up? Minute. Yeah, my, so it was the first car I ever went in as a, as a kid, basically. My dad brought me home from the hospital in one. He was a big oh, wow. Citroen guy. Um, his dad had an SM, uh, and my dad could never afford one, but he had a DS. So I sort of... I'd come to a point with a Porsche where I wasn't spending any money on it, which is not where I am now. But anyway, right. so I was like, I should buy something else. And um, I was looking at a Skyline R32 GTR. Right. And then I thought, I love them, but it's just a 911 in a different shape almost. I'd use it the same way. So I started thinking about a Citroen. Um, and I just logged on to Car and Classic. Do you guys look at that over here? It's, it's a European site, so probably not. You can get it at the newsstand. Yeah, it's, it's Car and Classic. It's, it's brilliant. It's got stuff all over Europe that mm-hmm. you can look at. And I saw this DS in Greece. Um, and I had a load of air miles. So I, I flew over to Greece, had a look at it. It looked pretty decent. The guy was a lovely guy. He had like Lambos E30 M3. Really? So he had some really cool stuff. Um, and we went out, had a few drinks, had some ouzo, and I thought, yeah, I'll just get this. Um, <laughs> so I got a fair, I drove it from Athens to, what was it called? I can't remember, the port town. Piraeus. And then, no, no it wasn't, it was... Um, Peronis. Um, and then we got, I got a ferry, overnight ferry to the sort of heel of Italy, um, Brindisi, and then my brother... My two brothers and my dad flew in. I picked them up from the airport and then we drove home. Stopped. No way. Come on, that really? Family. Yeah, it was, it was super cool. Any That's trouble great. on the way? No trouble. My, my brother's a mechanic, so I brought. I was like, bring like a toolkit. I know you're not going to be able to bring much. And he was yeah. like, yeah, 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 I'll bring, I'll bring some stuff. He turned up with like a plastic carrier bag with some tie wraps, a toilet roll, and like a, a screwdriver. <laughs> and I was like, okay, we're in trouble. We're in big, big trouble. And did the car break down? Did you didn't brother- break once. We it didn't break once. Up, we tightened up the uh, door mirror. 
that's it. That, that was, was it. The one thing and we what did, did you guys do? I mean, brothers and a dad. I mean, as a dad, that Eating, would be the, drinking, laughing. That would be the greatest trip that I could ever take is a trip with my three boys. Yeah, it was, it was the best. So dad loved it and was just happy to, to be in this car. He hadn't been in a DS for a long time. We stayed, first night we stopped in Maranello because they'd never been to like Ferrari factory and all that stuff. So we stayed opposite the Ferrari factory, spent a day looking around Maranello, going to Fiorano, looking at the track at, only as like punters, you know, we just look through the fence like everyone else does. Right, right. Um, punters, Suckerman. Yes, punters. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there, there, Is that. your dad a car geek like you are? Or? Yeah, dad. So it's funny. My, my granddad had cool cars. So he had an SM and stuff like that, but he couldn't give a crap about cars. He was an architect. So he, he had a few quid and he knew what looked cool. And so like a lot of them, he, he ended up with Citroens because that's what architects drove. Right, so right. Um, then he moved into some weird, um, not weird, but he moved into, he had silver shadows, uh, and he had a cloud three that he bought off of, um, what's his name? Inkelbert Humperdinck. <laughs> <laughs> it was Inkelbert Humperdinck's cloud three that he had. The Humperdinck um, special. Humperdinck yeah. fart. Humperdinck Zuckerman. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, oh, I like that. Fart. But I think, but my dad loved cars and he had, uh, he always had cool stuff when I was a kid. He had like Lancia Gamma Coupes and he had uh, BMW E. E34 BMW M5. Oh, he, wow. had a, he had a Skyline GTR. Get for me a while. some Bluetooth for my Humperdink. <laughs> 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 yeah. Shut up, Zuckerman. <laughs> so that's where it came from. Um, and yeah, we went over the Alps in the DS. We did the whole lot. And now, uh, and so I got that home, no problem. I've got a 996, which is just a basic Carrera. Right. Which all of my friends. You know, it's such a controversial car. It is. But it's it's probably the number one question that we're asked about is, should I or should I not get a 996? Well, mine, Jethro, what does Jethro say? Um, why wouldn't you get one? They're great, They're right? so cheap. Like, I don't care what anyone says. You know, a 993 is, what, three times the price? Even if you end up doing two engine rebuilds on a 996, it's the cheapest way into a 911. They're light, they're narrow, they're, they've got a real good balance between old school and um, and modern technology. You can actually use the bloody things, you know. I think they're mega. I, I, I don't get why history is rewritten that they're crap. I know they've had the IMS issue and all that stuff. That's it. If you get a good one, they're great. I think it's the looks. I think it's easy to make it the red-headed stepchild because yeah. of the lights and the interior. No, it's the yeah. IMS. It's, really, it's, it's the IMS, Zuckerman. People I don't understand that They point. worry about driving around a hand grenade that I might understand, explode. But, but look, there's plenty of... You can overlook a lot of sins in a car with looks. If the car looks good... You'll overlook all of the problems right. that you can have. And if you enjoy driving problems it. with other with nine nine threes, nine six fours, anything. I miss my GT three. I like my nine eight six GT three. You look good in that car. car. Yeah, they're good. My, so mine looks like a GT three, but it isn't. Mine's a mark. It's a aero really kit. early car. It's got an aero kit. Oh, it does. Uh, but it is actually in at the moment having a lot of work done on it. So it's going <laughs> to like it's, what? It, so when does this podcast come out? Huh? Uh, next week. Oh, wait, this week, Wednesday. Wednesday. Oh, my God, it comes out on Wednesday. Yeah, yeah, we're going to put it right um, up. So, yeah, I'm having a new engine put in it, basically. And are you going to do something a little more or just stock? Yeah, I haven't said this to anyone. Okay, yet. no one listens uh, to this. Oh, we got a scoop. Re- I, I haven't the only people listening are in everyone's Nepal. Everyone's been asking me about this bloody car. It's become like, what, what are you doing? And I have, I've been umming and ahhing about it. So, basically, it now has a 991 Carrera S Ooh, engine okay. in the back. So, That's a lot of beef. So it's going to be 400. <laughs> a lot of beef and cheese. And a bit of horsepower. So the idea is we end up with 911 turbo, 996 turbo power-ish 
in a slim Carrera body. It's got two wheel drive. Wow. It's got, it's got all the good. Where did you get? Where did you source the engine? Um, salvage nine nine one. So we bought somebody wrecked. We bought huh? an old, it, uh, a truck had reversed all the way down the side of this nine nine one. I think it and the done, engine was fine. Yeah, it only done like fifteen thousand miles. How, really? How much surgery to put that engine in? A shitload. I bet. <laughs> I bet. <laughs> like what? So not different body panels. I, or? I got a company. So basically, I went around the houses with the car. I didn't quite trust anyone to to give me the full deal on what was wrong with the. No car. No one had really done it. I bet. Yeah, and then. I went to a place called Litchfield. Now, they're a brilliant sort of tuning company that I know in the UK. They do loads of GTRs. They do McLarens and stuff now. But I just trust the guy. He knows what he's doing. If he calls me and tells me it's X, it will be X. You know, no no bullshit. He's a real straight down the middle guy. Um, he took the car in, said the engine was basically done. And I looked on, I just happened to be looking on eBay, looking at 991 engines. And they're cheap. Like a, a 3.4 is like, the equivalent of 7,000 bucks or something. Oh, wow. And then the 3.8s, maybe a bit more, but maybe 12, 15,000. Mm-hmm. Um, I sent him a few links and he was like, we should buy a car because it would be like, we need the loom, we need all the stuff. Um, so the loom? The, the, the wiring Wire. is the yes, killer. The, wire, yeah. the wiring is the killer. Um, so he got a car a week later, typical Litcho just got on it. And then a huge amount of work. To fit the engine, they had to build a new um, panel at the rear. They had to do getting the digital ECU to talk to the analog instruments and the ABS and all that stuff was massive. It's got different, um, it's borrowed loads of stuff from the 991, um, fuel pumps, etc. because it's direct injection now, power steering. Um, it's still got the hydraulic steering, but it's got an electric steering pump from the 991 now. So it's it's been... He did it, actually, because he thought it could be a good thing to do. Start right. building real badass 906 yeah, yeah. and right. so This was, a, hot this rods. was a first for him, too. Yeah, it was the first for him, and it was a business. He thought, this could be really Let's cool. hope he has a low hourly. Um, this <laughs> Just a, the things you mentioned yeah. from some of our mechanics. Would a 997 have been an easier option? Pretty much the same. Yeah. Pr- pretty much the same. Um but he now thinks it will be unique because he was like, it's so much work. Yeah. Um, and he said it's it's just going to get into the realms of, of crazy money. So I'm going to end up with a 400 plus horsepower 996 with KW adjustable suspension and, you know, rose wow. jointed. The this full is, works. It's going to be cool. You're going to have the real sleeper. This is <laughs> fan. This thing sounds fantastic. I think it's going to be... I'm extremely excited about what it could end up like i think i think it's going to be mega and it's funny i drive all the cool stuff gt2 rs is all that and everyone always says to me how'd you get back into your car like it's a total piece of crap you know and i'm like it's still a 911 it still does what 911s do and it always had good suspension and stuff on it anyway but now it's going to have serious power to weight ratio all the really good suspension i think it's it's going to be like a sort of homebrew GT3 RS. So Plus, it's yours. Excited. It's your car. It's different. Yeah. I mean, y- y- you know, it's kind of hard to describe. It, just because you have access to these cars, they're never, they never feel like yours. Yeah. You, um, you know, and you drive them, and they're great for the week, and then you kind of forget about them, but your car is always there for you. Yeah, and I don't right? know It's a different you, thing. I don't know where your sweet spot is in terms of eras, but I sort of think early 2000s is, is where it's at because the, wow. the cars were super quick and uh, and really good fun but not too much grip not too much craziness you can drive them and 
you have to understand that I drive over here too, like Angeles Crest. Like you can do a million miles an hour. There's no one up there. It goes on for a thousand miles or whatever it is. In the UK, we have smaller, bumpier roads. You're catching enjoyment in between places rather than doing like 80 miles straight mm -hmm. with, with no right, traffic. Right. And there, something like, I don't know, a 720S or whatever. I love it to too death. Much. But fucking hell. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's a, it, you are going so fast and you're causing so much um, potential. You're drawing so much potential disastrous attention <clears throat> to yourself. Right. You know? Are um, there people losing their licenses and cars in, in England? I mean, I know we hear it's much stricter. The speed cameras that you can just get nailed 10 times on we a have, single drive. The speed camera, right? I think it's over exaggerated. People are deeply paranoid do you know they've done a great pr job the police and the local authorities in making you believe there's a there's a speed camera every 20 seconds i see um most of them are either not there uh, or they're not turned on or they're all they're all painted bright yellow in the uk like they have to be yeah so it's not like they're stuck in a in australia they put them in like trash cans and by the side <laughs> of the road <laughs> they're big giant boxes painted giant, <laughs> bright yellow so you so you can mark them on ways, and then once you open your app, they're all marked, and yeah, you'll be you, warned. You do have to be careful. You, you do. You what about secondary small roads? Do they have them on there too? Not really. Um, no. The problem is, and again, it's hard. Have you been to the UK? Yeah. The scale is so different. You know, you live in a vast country. With yeah. Not many people in huge parts of it, right? Right. So there's just too many people in the UK to, to get away with that stuff, which is why the magazines and people like me always end up going to like North Wales or Scotland or somewhere where you're just away from the population. Mm -hmm. And Scotland is, you should go and drive around Scotland. We've it's, heard it's the, the roads are amazing. beautiful yeah. place. The yeah. roads are amazing. You'd just, get knifed. Huh? You'd get knifed. Why would I get knifed? <laughs> they like to knife people in Glasgow, I'm an Irish right? citizen. They like the Irish. I will have my They're Irish gonna passport. They're going to knife you. They're going to spill your Why would the Scottish knife you? What are you talking Do about? Do they knife people in Scotland? I mean, they're just they're angry people. <laughs> and, and, and they're often they're often very very drunk. Yes, and I heard I had a guy well, say, "I'm like the Irish." Your claret. Angrier than the Irish, definitely. The Scottish are. Oh, yes. I would say, yeah, the Irish are so um, you jolly. Know, they're, they're happy. They're happy we're, ha we're a happy drunk lot. Yes, You're and a happy then, drunk then, no, they don't. They cut you. <laughs> Spill your claret, Spike. <laughs> okay, so, Scott, but but you, you should go. You should go. The Scottish steal my claret. Yes, you know what claret is. That's yes. red wine there. And that's but what I've I heard a Spanish been, guy said. I cut him and spilled his claret. I said, really? <laughs> but that's how he said it so matter of fact. It was. <laughs> Wait, just cut the guy open. Yes. That's a Saturday I think night most of us Glasgow. just think about dresses and kilts when we think about the Scottish. Not that they're going to take out a penknife and cut us yeah. when we visit. We think about scotch and golf courses and now nice roads to drive they're, they're on. But people. what you're saying is... There's a little violent element there <laughs> that I've heard quite a bit about. Beware the Scottish because they will cut you. They will cut you. <laughs> And it is true. That's, that's what you're proposing. I mean, Zachary. they're more famous for headbutting than actually knifing. I really? Think it's <laughs> probably a fairer reflection. Where did you hear this? Ferrisin, I keep up with the news. <laughs> it's Didn't in you the, ever read Among it's in the, the Thugs with Bill Buford? Didn't you ever read about any of these hooligans? Yeah, Among and the Thugs, quite, but that was mostly his people in England. Well, that, yeah, I the Scottish, that the Scottish are known. That you know, Glasgow, where some of the cities are very tough and fighting, is, is very... Glasgow's a tough place. Yeah. Yes. They will see cut you. 
I will cut you and spill your Claret Come spray. to Scotland. Okay, and we'll I get what you're you. saying about, about the 996. I think that there, there is a golden age of cars that occurred maybe between the late 90s and up until a few years ago. Yeah, yeah 2010 when, and, maybe. Somewhere. And the early ones that are starting to get more power but don't have as many nannies it's on the AIDS, them. Yeah. And, and I can tell you, we have all the, all the cars you see in this garage, but there's times we get in, in, in a, I get in the 82 Target SC that we own together, and it's so Porsche, if yeah. that's a word. Yeah. It's got so much lightness and eagerness and everything you want in a 911. Is it the ultimate package? Not at all. But that's what's great about it. Yeah. And I get my enjoyment not going fast is exciting. Everyone knows that. Like, how mm-hmm. could it not be? But the thrill for me is driving the car at the limit of what it can do and what right. you can do. So if the limits are a bit low, I'm not one of those people who thinks you, a Miata is all the car you need. I think that's bullshit. But if, you're, <laughs> uh, if, if, the, if the limits are a little bit lower, if they're still quick enough to feel exciting and you're still moving quickly right right but you can move the car around the way you want it to move around at the limit that's that's the dream really mm. and now you're getting to the point with like gt2 rs i love that car it's mega on the track it's i couldn't believe how fluid and adjustable it is for a 700 horsepower 911 but moving that thing around on the road you're like you're bending time you know yes <laughs> yeah. yeah and when you have a crash it's gonna be a real big one yeah it's like yeah it's yeah. like you put on your tony stark transformer suit yeah. or something your captain america in the car it takes you to it, it's too much it's, it's a lot and i just drove the 765 lt recently in the uk again love it to death the thing is a spaceship yeah like, it's blindingly it's, fast it's unbelievable that someone can go and just buy that car who's 18 years old and got a few quid or even 35 year old and just made yeah, it and, yeah. and they've never driven anything quick before <clears throat> and they get in that car it's a different world what are the stats on that car um oh god i'm not so you good must be stats. low need, twos then if it's a different John, world right yeah, 750 it's 760 ps isn't it so 751 horsepower mid twos to 60 Yeesh. but it's the it's the speed to like yeah it's between say 65 and 140 or something you yeah know, just think and it sounds so <laughs> irresponsible to suggest you would do yeah yeah so, you're doing <clears throat> it so quick yeah it's you don't, immediate you know you, you're you're there so quick I yeah mean, fortunately the car has amazing um qualities even at lower speed but right if you get stuck into it you're you're, you're basically do you have a favorite brand um, when you think of one i would say i mean i've always been a porsche guy um, ever since I first had a go in a 996, actually. I didn't really get them when I used to read mags and they weren't right, for right. a test. Drove a 996 and was like, yeah, this is this is the thing. Um, and I, I love Porsche, but I, do you know what? I think Instagram is killing Porsche. How so? Because everything is Porsche on Instagram. <laughs> You know, and you get to the point, I'm like, I don't well, want to see any more fucking PTS 911. Right, right, I wanna, right, right. I Isn't that just who you follow? I mean, everything is on mine because I follow all the Porsche guys. Yeah, it, but- it is, but it's, they've become, it's almost become so dominant yeah, amongst yeah. enthusiasts that if you like any other car that isn't a Porsche, you're an idiot. And <laughs> I, it's really funny. Before, I don't disagree with I think, that. <laughs> I, think, I think before the internet, Porsche was almost like... This is good news. It was almost like a, a little club. underground. It was, a, it was like a club it was. that people who knew, knew because they'd driven them, they appreciated mm-hmm. the engineering, they knew it. And then... <laughs> and uh, 
and Ferrari, everyone really loved Ferraris. Yeah. And everyone really yeah. loved Lambos and all that stuff. And now it's like it's flipped on its head. Yeah. And so the prevailing um, love is just Porsche. And I, yeah. and I I love Porsches, but I'm you. And I, I get so underdog. sick of seeing. There's so many of them. Yes. They're, they're just, Isn't it great? <laughs> I don't know. It shouldn't is they be in everyone's driveway? Yes, great. and I and I shouldn't care. But somehow there's something about me that's like God. No, I don't think there's defiance. enough. See, you have a little defiance. You don't want to yeah, be maybe. with the crowd. I don't want yeah, it. But, I, but to I'm drive, with you on the paint the to sample crap. Like I, I could care less about that stuff anymore. Everybody got sides. it. It's not special. <clears throat> yes. What's but the most? These cars are so wonderful and and so relatable. And you know what I think is happening? Here's I think you're right about it. But here's my take on it. Okay. 20 years ago, back when, you know, back when Jerry and I, I was working on Seinfeld with Jerry and he was showing me these cars. I'm like, what's a 73 RS, that car right over there? Yeah. These were considered the height of luxury next to Ferrari, right? Yeah. Now, today, as we sit here, they're not the most expensive cars anymore. <laughs> you know, you've got these Paganis yeah. and these other hypercar, the Bugatti Chiron Sport, pure sport, four or five million. You know what I mean? And suddenly... These cars are kind of normal and not. You, you hear what I'm saying? Yeah, they're, and they're, they're more approachable, they're, they're more and, and the more sensitive buyers get in them, and they don't worry about stepping out of them anymore. And people going, you know, screw you, you, you jerky rich guy dentist. You know what I mean? It's yeah, just no, like, I, hey, I that's a nice it. car. Do you hear what I'm saying? Yeah, all and, of those- and I think that's made the car more approachable for a lot of people, whereas it used to be like, oh, a Porsche. Now it's like, ah, oh, a Porsche. Yeah, <laughs> you know. But I mean. People love that, and I, I get it. Like, I love the GT cars. I love what they've done with them. I, I think they just keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger, and I want them to stop. Like, they, yeah, yeah, they, yeah, yeah. they need no, to stop I know. making That's... the car bigger. Right. But, but they're, I guess they're my favorite. I, I know it's, again, an incredibly unpopular internet opinion, but I love what McLaren are doing. Yeah. I know they bring out too many cars. I know the owners <clears> get upset about the, fans. The, the derivatives and stuff. They build some really good stuff. Yeah, the seven six five LT is completely nuts. I the seven twenty S as an all rounder is it's an amazing car. It is an amazing good. car. Yeah, uh, and I'm excited about the Artura. I think uh, it's intriguing that wide angle V six and yep. the and the hybrid and stuff. I mean, I wish it wasn't a hybrid. Like everyone, mm-hmm. I wish we could live in this little bubble where everyone has nine thousand RPM cars. But right. it's it's pretty impressive. I think it, it's a shame it doesn't look different. Right. What do you what? think is the most overrated car company or the most car? Overrated. Yeah. Car what do you company? think is just shit? Besides, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Give us oh, some dirt. What do you think is the worst? That's yeah. quite tough because there's a lot of good. Lego. Stuff. They're terrible with their cars. You know what? It's, it's really hard because I would say that BMW have lost the plot. Oof. Because really? I would say that, but then you drive an M2 CS. Right. Yeah, it's brilliant. It's a bright, I hear that car is amazing. Spot. It is absolutely brilliant. And then you drive the current M5 Comp. It's a little bit stiff, but it's a brilliant car. So I think BMW Apache, they've become like the patchiest. They make some really, really outrageously good stuff, and they make some absolute crap. Um, <laughs> I don't know what the most overrated is, though. I saw a beautiful Kia on the way here that had <laughs> like a non-metallic gray color, like one of our Porsches, Zuckerman. I'm like, what is that? Is that an they Audi four-door sedan? And I pull up next to it, it's got a big Kia badge on it. I went, huh. The newest BMW I own is a 2011 1M. I think a 1M, that, yeah. Yeah. That really, that really checks a box. You like After it, yeah. that, 
Yeah. Have you yeah. tried? You should, you guys should try an M2 CS. Yeah, yeah. It's I've, really got it, I've got it. I've got it. Requested. It's happening. Lieberman yeah. said I that had, was I terrific. I had the M4 on the on the track at the Thermal Club, and I loved it. Yeah. I mean, we had a bunch of stuff out there, and I just kept driving that BMW, and I loved. I took it on the drift track, and it was. It just felt great. What do you, you think know? of the new the new nose the Oof. M4? Uh huh. Yeah. They went I, out. You know, like I've noticed with any of these exterior designs, you know, I can go two ways. I'm exterior styling for me is probably the biggest entry point for me in a car. Like, uh, when I see something and I desire it, that's my entry point. But lately, if it drives well, then that then I can forgive the way it looks. Yeah, kind of like the Defender a little bit. Yeah, okay. And, and you know, uh, I can't think of something. Oh, then the 992. Like, I really didn't like the rear end of the 992, but I love this 911. I love it a lot. And the driving kind of informed, like, oh, I'll forgive that piece of it. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, yeah, I, I agree. It's just, you know, abhorrent I, to look I'm at. I'm hearing but. Um, the M4 and M3, so my colleagues in the UK have started to drive it. So I've texted a few of them, and, and I'm hearing mostly good things, yeah. which is good because I was a bit worried about it. Well, but that nose is just stuff. so hard the to nose, take. Yeah. And it's so heavy, the thing now. It's yeah. like 1,750 kilos, which I don't know what that is in pounds. 4,000 pounds. It's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot for an Big M3, boy. you know. Big boy. Yeah. Well, guys, our time is up. Already? Yeah. We had a good time, Jethro. Thank you for coming in. Thank you for having me. Uh, we got to have you back when your uh, boyfriend, Johnny Lieberman, is around. Yes. You yeah, guys we, are we'll, besties. We'll, we'll have to do one together. That Lieberman. sounds good. He loves you, and thank you, Johnny Lieberman, for getting uh, Jethro to come in. Um, we could do a, a foursome up at the house. We'll do that. Uh, yeah, we'll do Cordell. that soon. Um, the show is Top Gear America. It's taking the Motor Trend app by storm. The world. The world. You can, uh, you know, you can get it on your Apple TV. You can get the Motor Trend app. You watch it right on your big screen. You can get it on your internet television. You can watch it on your phone or iPad. You got to get it. It's about the price of a cup of coffee at Alfred's here in Venice. (laughs) Just one cup of coffee and you can get the Motor Trend app for the entire month, right? It's like $5.99. It's worth it. There are a lot of great shows. Not only is the new Top Gear there, the old Top Gear is there, and then a bunch of other great stuff. Jethro, thank you for coming in. Follow you on Twitter and Instagram. Yeah, just uh, my name. I don't have many. Jethro do you ever Bob- respond to there, people? There aren't many Jethro Bobbins in the world, so just follow me. I do. I try and respond as much as I can. I'm not good at the DMs on um, Instagram. I always forget that they're there, but I will do my best. There's a wicked virus uh, there right now. It really- seems like I'm getting 20 or 30 weird group texts yes, with a bomb.tl yes, thing. It's not the bot, Suckerman. Those are fun. It's this... <laughs> Yeah, because you can write horrible yeah. things like "send me your credit card number back" and the bot will respond. But the there's a have you been getting this one where it's like twenty a day of just uh, hit this link http bomb dot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not in that link. Yeah, me. and it's all car all guys, and it's what is car that? Car guys and girls. I don't know what it is. But it's but it's not like there's one or two. It's it's becoming a very I guess big. I'm getting about twenty a day. Right. Really? Yeah. 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 I anyway. stay away from it. So, um, but yeah, I will respond to people who aren't. Good. Weird group stuff. Say hi to Cordry. Say hi to Dax. Zuckerman, anything to add for you? Nope. Send him some Dear Abby letters so we can do another uh, Dear Zuckerman. Uh, you can follow me on Spikes uh, uh, Car Radio Podcast. You want to follow us and review us there, most importantly. You can get in touch me, with me on Instagram. DM me there, and I will write something horrible back to you. And that's our show for you this week, ladies and gentlemen. Goodbye. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Spikes Car Radio. Brought to you by Hangar 56. 
Listen to new episodes every Wednesday. And be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts.